Well, hello, everybody. All of our Calling from the Wilderness followers. We should come up with like some kind of name for our three followers. Um, yeah. I, th I think right now we call them Derek's family. But Derek, Yeah, <laughs> my grandma, Anana, is an Hi, avid Anana. listener. Hi, Anana. Uh, she has reached out to me this past week about some previous episodes. Um, all good things, except sometimes that closet door is open. So I closed that for you, Nana. Um, and then she gave me some, uh, she went to Israel. So she gave me some stuff on our last, about our last episode, um, oh. which apparently the Mount Olives to Jerusalem path that jesus took is very very steep she said it was very hard for her to walk down mm. and then i looked it up and within three miles it drops 176 feet Gosh. like it's quite so he's descending quite a lot and it's very hard to walk it apparently huh. so yeah there you go a little bit of a little bit of knowledge for you thank you nana thank you nana and she talked about she went to like the place where it was like the Last Supper and like Jesus' tomb and everything. And she was like, I just, you kind of have to just, well, she's like, I, I think it is. Like, that's what they said, but you kind of just have to take their word for it. They could find anywhere and be like, this is it. Give me money. So yeah. who knows? Uh, but she did that and, and some other talking. So hi, Nana. There you go. Um, and so for, what? Thanks for commenting, I would say. Yes. Uh, yeah, and if she didn't watch the our youtube video on tv she would comment but yeah it's well, it's too hard to do if you're just watching on tv so anyway right, we appreciate it, it. That, that's gotta feel like pretty amazing for you as like to know that your grandma can watch you on television and i know to me that that feels like aspirational as a child growing up that one day your family would see you on a television and now it's possible yeah except as a kid if I believe that my grandmother was going to watch me on TV. It means I made it in some other profession. Like I was an actor in commercials or movies or TV shows or something. Like I was doing something different with my life. Yeah. Now I do it, which before COVID, like I had no idea how to post a video on YouTube. I'd never done a Zoom. I'd never done any of this recording stuff. I never edited a video. I've never done any of this. So COVID has made me learn yeah, quite a few things. It's like all the apocalyptic films and stories, you know, where people like learn skills to survive that they never had before. Exactly. Done, we're done. We are now those people. I've learned to kill the animals around me with sticks that I have carved myself and built a fire. And I'm like Tom I was like, yeah, yeah. Hanks on the a castaway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is my Wilson volleyball and I am surviving <laughs> his bloody handprint. And the whole time, Destiny's Child survivors playing in the background on constant loop. In my head, constant loop, yeah. constant yeah. loop. That or Kesha. Um, so yeah, um, where and were we going? If you ever with made that? it onto any, if you can ever make it onto any of the uh, Toronto uh, major league uh, sports teams, mm -hmm. then your mom would also be proud of you. So it, yeah, there. if I made it onto the Blue Jays, I don't think the Raptors should be as pumped for. But if I took my baseball career to any level um, other than t-ball 
I think she would have been quite proud of me. She's her and my nana, huge Toronto fans. And I told her I'm I'm starting to get back into. I grew up on the Blue Jays. Yeah. And then I kind of stepped away from it uh, before college. That was my rebellious years before college and through college. I rebelled against the Blue Jays, <laughs> backslid, and now yeah. that they're Lost supposed to be good, I'm following them again. So when I go which, visit. Which is- which is like a lot of what we imagine happens to people around Easter. You know, they spend the whole year kind of walking away from the church. And then all of a sudden yeah. we got this good news. Jesus is winning and people are like, okay, maybe I'll come back to the guy then. Yeah. I'll, I'll come back. I'll just pop in when he wins. <laughs> I'm just going to be a casual fan. I'll follow him on my phone. Like I'll keep the score, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't need to watch every game or attend every service. Jesus won death zero. Yeah, exactly. Well, I talked to my my mom and I was like, oh, I'm kind of following the Blue Jays this year. She's like, oh, that that's awesome. Um, so now when you come visit, I'm going there next month. Uh, we can watch the games together. And I said, absolutely. And she was like, well, you were going to watch them anyway. But at least now I know that you won't be hating every moment of it. So <laughs> mother-son bonding time watching some Blue Jays, I guess. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Just don't sleep through it, Derek. Just don't sleep through it. Oh, well. <laughs> she'll comment on our YouTube video again. <laughs> Which I still haven't brought up to her, but I will. What are go. you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, so we have been away for a couple of weeks. Uh, Tim has got some in-laws visiting him, and both our lives have been quite busy over Easter Uh, running services and events and stuff so we have taken a break an unannounced break just happened Um, but be like my grandmother who's watching previous episodes and trying to catch up we hope you're doing that and this week we thought we'd get into easter because it's over and we know how it ends this is like this is so it's not a spoiler episode there you go we're gonna, it's a recap, not a spoiler. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> on, on Easter Day, we had some uh, friends around for dinner and uh, their kids were over and Zari and them were all playing and they decided they were going to watch a movie because they were a bit tired and we're trying to kind of contain the you know energy of the sugar. And uh, it was a film. I don't even can't remember what the film was, but it's one Zari hasn't seen before. And Zari gets a bit nervous around stories, like especially if they feel a bit intense. <laughs> one time I hear she reaches over to her friend Madeline. She's like, does this have a happy ending? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Zarya's got that down. You know, we got a happy ending. We we can, we can do it. We can do it. For uh, the Thursday before Easter, I did a youth event where we downstairs we watched uh, The Incredibles, just a fantastic movie. But we also made Easter cookies. Okay. I had a lady come in, Anita, if she's watching made uh made the dough and she brought in like all these icing and sprinkles and stuff like it was like two laundry baskets full of stuff she brought in and i made a cookie and i I don't have a picture of it but imagine my hand but then it went up to here and then down to here and then here and here okay so it was a massive egg that if i ate i would lose my foot it was massive and everything. It was fantastic. But that was mine. I kept saying I'm going to build a giant cookie. The, nice. the Tower of Babel of cookies. Yeah. 
And that way and then, all the other youth yeah. know who's in charge. Yeah. 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 This is, you know, I'm, I'm the captain here. Look at the size of my egg. <laughs> it's like an ostrich egg. A dinosaur egg is pretty much what it was. <laughs> um, Which is, you know, just like the resurrection. Jesus came back with a giant cookie and said, who's the That was the stone that was rolled away. That cookie, the size of it, <laughs> was the stone <laughs> that they had to roll away to see Jesus. The most delicious stone colored in different icing and sprinkles and M&Ms. Yeah. yeah. The the Romans, you know, tell them that his disciples ate the ate the cookie and let yeah. <laughs> Jesus is not here. He ate the cookie and he's running around on a sugar high somewhere. <laughs> Go find him. That's why they didn't recognize him. He was just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or what's that meme where Jesus is like, all right, I'm gonna go away for three days, but when I come back, I don't want to see any eggs. I don't care what you do. Hide them, color them, decorate them. I don't want to see any of them. Amazing. Oh, bless you. Apparently Easter eggs was started, like the whole theme of Easter eggs was actually started by, like within, I think it was, I don't know, by Christians or within churches. And it was, it was the whole idea that kind of eggs symbolizing life um and the kind of life of spring and everything like that so it was it was meant to kind of actually be the story of resurrection um but then you know you got you got bugs bunny then cadbury got a hold of it was like hey i've got way too much chocolate i need a holiday to sell this absolutely give me give me uh easter and i said more roses have roses have valentine's day yeah christmas has got everything Halloween has got different candies. There you go. We need something for Cadbury and their eggs. I need something for chocolate. I'm here for you, Cadbury. I'm here for you. Those mini eggs. I will throw like three or four in my mouth and I just kind of suck on them until the shell gets soft enough. I can kind of peel it with my tongue and my teeth and then have the chocolate. Nathan McLean used to make fun of me. He's like, why do you like, he always eat one at a time. But I'm like, no, I want to soften this. We could do a whole episode on, you know, techniques of eating, you know, mini eggs. Yeah. But not today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Derek's like, oh, great. Something well, I, I just saw Anne Hathaway was on a show that Drew Barrymore hosts, and she had a technique for eating cupcakes that I've never seen before where, like, you've got the, the muffin and then the, yeah. the stuff on top. She takes the... The muffin bottom off yeah and sticks it on top and makes it into a sandwich and eats nice. it nice. reminds me yeah. of the seinfeld episode where mm-hmm. they just sell the muffin tops and they try to give the bottoms away <laughs> the kids are like what kids don't deserve muffin tops they're all like where's my muffin top <laughs> anyway yeah. uh i don't what a great start to our easter episode we are going to be looking at uh, the passage I preached on on or the Easter Sunday, yeah. but don't think that I for one second remember anything I said. Um, it was kind of all blur, but we are going to uh, read this. So this is the road to Emmaus, which funny story. I don't know if it's funny, but when I was at 
before I went to Bible school, when I was in high school, I worked at a Bible camp for a couple summers. And one summer, there was a couple students there that came from the States, and they went to Emmaus Bible College. And their, like, unofficial tagline was, Jesus went to Emmaus, you should too. Nice. And how do you compete with that? Like, how do you, how do you say no to that? Anyway, it was kind of funny. Yeah, apparently easily, because you didn't go there. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> You've answered your own question, Derek. But... That's, uh, good point. I went Obviously. to the FGBI that became FGBC that became Aston College all while I was there. Three different name changes. I've got, oh, I've got gosh. two degrees on my wall, one's from FGBI as like my diploma in my second year, and then I've got one from Aston College as my bachelor's. So it looks like I'm smarter than I am, even though it's just one degree. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Gosh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Tim, you want to start us off with the reading yeah. here? Let me do that. So uh, the road to Emmaus comes from Luke chapter 24, and we'll be reading verses 13 to 32 in the message. That same day, two of them were walking to the village Emmaus, about seven miles out of Jerusalem. They were deep in conversation, going over all these things that had happened. In the middle of their talk and questions, Jesus, Jesus came up and walking, walked along with them but they were not able to recognize who he was. He asked, what's this you're discussing so intently as you walk along? They just stood there, long-faced, like they had lost their best friend. Then one of them, his name was Cleo Cleopas, said, are you the only one in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what happened during these last few days? He said, what has happened? And they said, the things that happened to Jesus, the Nazarene, he was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed by both God and all the people. Then our high priests and leaders betrayed him, got him sentenced to death and crucified him. And we had our hopes that he was the one, the one about to deliver Israel. And it is now the third day since it happened. But now some of our women have completely confused us. Early this morning, they were at the tomb and couldn't find his body. They came back with the story that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of our friends went off to the tomb to check and found it empty, just as the women said, but they didn't see Jesus. So he said to them, so thick headed, so slow hearted. Why can't you simply believe all that the prophet said? Do you see that these things had to happen, that the Messiah had to suffer and only after and only then enter into glory. Then he started at the beginning with the book of Moses and went on through all the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to him. They came to the edge of the village where they were headed. He acted as if he was going on, but they pressed him, stay and have supper with us. It's early evening, the day is done. So he went with them, and here is what happened. He sat down at the table with them, Taking the bread, he blessed and broke and gave it to them. At the moment, open-eyed, wide-eyed, they recognized him. And then he disappeared. Back and forth they talked. Did we, didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road, as he opened up the scriptures for us? 
So, uh, Tim, what are a couple things that, or one thing, or a couple, I don't want to put you in a box, uh, that you has stuck out to you, either questions or kind of things that sound yeah. intriguing to you? Well, I think, you know, what's interesting is is one of the disciples was Cleopas, and he his eyes are opened when jesus in a sense reenacts the last supper that was my but, point but it was he wasn't that the last supper was he like no you know what i mean like so i'm like that's just strange i i, I do love this whole thing about you know the, the, we these women confused us that's like yeah. a lot a lot of men have said that over the years um and uh and, and actually that thing that actually you know what we see in their final thing you know that there's there's the there's the the way that didn't we feel like we were on fire as he opened up the scriptures for us i think that's just the beautiful thing about you know that moment of the of the living word of god um that uh, yeah just, uh, just, the imagery in this i think is just fantastic and, mm. and probably yeah leaves me I mean, I, yeah i guess i'm i'm I have no idea where to start, where to go, what to do. So take it away, Derek. What what what's grabbing you today? Uh definitely the, the breaking of the bread. Um, even though he was not there. I think my chair keeps making noises. I, I think there's a thing where when you participate in the sacrifice of what Christ did, then you see him more clearly even um i think that's it, it happened but it's more of a a symbol of what we can do um and the other thing is just them walking and trying to figure out what in the world has happened and trying to make sense of of all this like this is three days later um i guess depending on the days whatever but they're still trying to process what is happening they've just kind of decided to take some time away and go back to Emmaus and try to just figure out that like all this hope and planning and what they saw Jesus do and all these crazy things and then then like a week previous or a little over a week everyone's shouting Hosanna Hosanna and then all of a sudden they're let Barabbas go and he's beaten and tortured and crucified and stuck with a spear and you've seen him put into a a tomb you know, people are saying he's alive and it's like yeah but I saw what did I see like this the the peaks and the valleys of what they must have experienced that whole weekend or that whole week is just and then Jesus is right there. What happened? <laughs> like, just, hey guys, what's going on? What's what's going on? What's what's happening? Yeah, yeah. How do you not know? Hey, well, tell mm. me about it. And you, mm. like when when I preach on this, I was saying like, I know times in my life when I'm very confused and I'm trying to process things and figure out things and do that. When people come up to me and they start asking me questions and stuff. It can be super annoying, and I wonder how annoyed they were at Jesus at this very spot, not knowing that it's him and just some guy. Like, how do you not know? Oh, what's going on? T tell and, me and about then, it. 
Yeah, and then they finally like they're like, okay, we'll just give him the low down. And then he's like, oh, you're just stupid. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's slow hearted. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't you just believe? <laughs> yeah, and it's, and then he walked him through the whole scripture, right? Like this mm-hmm. this journey, and it's like you, you missed the whole point. You missed everything. Mm-hmm um the last three years and here's here's what it all was pointing to and and i wonder how often we in our own lives when things go wrong or um you know the the good friday of our lives where uh hope is lost in whatever aspect that we don't see jesus there obviously and that we don't take the time to, well, it's very hard to see in the moment, but get some wise advice from someone saying, well, this is like, like after the fact, you, it's, it's easier to look back and be like, oh, I can see what was happening. I can see where this was going. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't see it at the time, but maybe if we step back in the moment, take some advice or mm-hmm. try to find Jesus in the moment or something, we can get some kind of direction on on what's happening and i'm not saying that i'm not the guy that's saying everything bad in your life is because god wants something better for you and that like there's i can't imagine telling that to a family who's lost a child or something like that that just take take a step back and figure out what god is doing in this moment no you're allowed to grieve and and be sad in this moment and that so i think that's the beautiful thing about this this passage i think as well is like what happens is is jesus meets them where they're at Mm. and and is is part of the conversation of what they're gauging with like what would have almost you know what sometimes happens i think you know for us us well-intentioned as christians is that we walk into somebody's life and we start to tell them these are the questions and these are the answers and we don't stop to hear what the conversation is like actually as frustrating and, and as irritating as somebody coming in from the outside going hey guys what's going on it can sometimes be the fact is is jesus enters into a space with them and asks what's important to them in that moment yeah. and then in that moment and in what they've said then starts to articulate and incarnate the word of god to them and with them in, in a way that's meaningful in that contextualization of God's love for them, which is, which is shown in the presence of Jesus. And it's their invitation then of Jesus to participate with them in a meal that then becomes this next place where then Jesus, you know, opens up their eyes to something that they thought was just part of that kind of day-to-day experience and then becomes the, the you know that that kind of key that unlocks that sense of what as you're saying what was going on and what they were seeing and who was with them that didn't as you said doesn't change it doesn't it doesn't then mean you have to start to say oh what was god doing god was trying to make an angel out of or you know they didn't have enough in heaven or or what like it's just saying actually god was with you in that difficult space and is now giving you a moment to let you know that God is still with you and and 
not that things are just going to be okay, but that God mm-hmm. will be with you. <laughs> you yeah. Know, like, and <clears throat> it's, it is a really beautiful, because I think that's the thing that I, I was really struck with uh, as a conversation before this. And, and as we were reading was like, I, I, I imagine all of the, and I, and I preach and teach Easter as this amazing, glorious day of resurrection, which, but it's actually, it's a very anticlimactic, you know, show of resurrection, right? Like the, it's these glimpses of, of moments which leave people more confused oftentimes and, and, and leaves them actually needing to hunt and look for Jesus. Jesus didn't all of a sudden, like, you know, the stone didn't break apart and Jesus wasn't there. The tomb is empty. And so, and I think like, you know, my, I guess that the question is, is like, you know, are our Easter Sunday services with all the bells and whistles and, you know, these great celebrations, have we missed the point in that we aren't meant to come back to the place of resurrection and celebrate resurrection happening there because the resurrection is the life that, that moves out from there. It's not the Mm. life that's found there because there's no life found there. The tomb is empty. Well, just when you're talking, I'm I'm thinking about the contrast between Jesus' birth and death. Like his birth had the angels singing and the wise men come and visiting. And even though it was born in a stable, there was some form of theatrics, uh, shall we say, uh, to go along with it. And this is, I mean, a couple angels, depending on the on the um, gospel, but. It does very um, he just seems to pop up and kind of d- disappear like he's mm. he's not he's not as involved that's not the right word, but you know what I mean, but maybe that's yeah. more because we are now the ones that are supposed to be more involved, right like we are. If if we have the the spirit in us and Christ in us, like be His hands and feet, then then maybe it's on us. Like He's more involved because He's through us. And the the resurrection, the embodiment, um, you know, talks about or I think speaks to the importance of being present, like mm. not just prayers and you know. Um, prayers and thoughts or whatever it is that they go thoughts and prayers but it's the actual action of doing something the actual action of being present with someone and walking with them and being there in body Mm. and not just in mind or spirit whatever you want to call it Mm. yeah 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 and I, i yeah I think you're I think you're absolutely right in that like I normally am. Yeah. <laughs> this is my Easter tide resolution. No, but I really should have everything. talked to you before I did my Easter sermon because everything you said was just like, oh no, that's really good. That's way better than what I said on my sermon. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really good to put in at a couple spots. Uh if you want to hear the sermon, it's at St. Andrews Duncan on YouTube. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. So, but this, this is, this is the thing that I love about like the church calendar. Um, and one of the reasons I'm, I'm so, so um, invested in it is because that 
Easter Sunday, how in the same way like Christmas, they start off a season of that. So, you know, Christmas happens and you have Christmas tide leading into Epiphany, leading to Epiphany tide. And, and it's meant it's meant to say that like all of these amazing things that happen have that sense of they have happened there's ramifications for what happens and those ramifications continue to affect us now and so we 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 celebrate easter sunday as as the resurrection people and then we start to ask ourselves you know before pentecost <clears throat> what what is where is those space where are those spaces that that god is being revealed you know and disappearing in our lives and and actually being able to say you know some of the things that again th- th- I'm, I'm a big advocate <clears throat> that easter sunday sermons should be should be kind of short and should be joyful and should be focused and not trying to spend too much time on the theological uh, beliefs on what we think is being accomplished through that yeah because what we're celebrating is is the inbreaking presence of god in the resurrection of jesus which is telling us that that even in the darkest times god is there with us and because that was like that that's that is the resurrection story again Mm -hmm. the people go into the dark place and i guess in some ways they don't necessarily find the light they find the absence of the light Mm -hmm. and then have to go out into the world and seek and find where that light then is present and and then people get that light and have that testimony and someone else says oh that sounds really nice that you've had that but I haven't had that in my own life. And mm-hmm. we say, okay, well, you know, let's pray that then you'll get to see that light. And then Jesus appears to another group of disciples or another couple of people and, mm-hmm. and leading up to Ascension and then to Pentecost is these constant stories of, of Jesus being revealed to other people and then, you know, appearing and disappearing. And then, pe- and then people get a sense of their own testimony um, and their own kind of confidence in their experience with with who God was, and then get the boldness and the power at, at Pentecost to then bear that mm-hmm. that witness, that light, that that love, that message out into a world that they otherwise were too scared to mention. You know, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Part of my sermon was that they're like these disciples walking on the road have just experienced this traumatic loss and you know yeah. they're quite confusing everything and there are people in our congregations and in our communities that have also experienced a sudden tragic loss where the things that they put their hope in have been taken away and now they're left quite confused and not knowing where to go and how are we bringing the hope of the resurrection in that or those that are experienced holy saturday where like for our community here rent is super high and homelessness is up and drug addiction and uh, mental health and myriad of other things where people are left in this perpetual uh, uh saturday where the empire has crushed them um where it's taken away a lot of their hopes and dreams and they're just kind of in a state of loss and losing and how are we bringing as um the body of christ the members of the church how are we coming in and helping and bringing that hope and that light of resurrection into these people's lives 
because not all of them have have um, experienced the the God showing up or have have the language to say that that's what happened. Um, and then how do we come in and you know be that to them? And we're still trying to figure that out. I think I think what what you're saying and just remind like for me that challenge is then you know if if we were to take this as like you know three points of what you do based on this road to amaze passage, yeah. following what Jesus did. You know we start with you ask the people you know what what are they discussing like what's going on in your life what's that mm. you know what's those experiences that are so that are that are important to you but are also shaping your understanding of the of your life of the world um and and you know for some people those will be things of celebration for some people they will be things of confusion for some people it will be things of darkness you know like but i think it's that is that sense that and i feel this on a sunday morning oftentimes is like i've I, the the service works best when everybody comes in feeling the same thing like days where, you know, like the first Sunday after after Russia invaded Ukraine, everybody had a very similar feeling and and it and it felt like we were kind of tapping into the same thing. And and you could, you know, you, and, and that was yeah, it was easy, but, it, you know, that's not true for everybody's life. And and on a on a kind of Sunday to Sunday, people will walk through the door, some with extreme loss, some with extreme celebration, some with an uncertainty of, of work, some with, you know, having just received a promotion. And, and actually, we don't have any space in the service to, like, we, we try, we entrust a lot to God. And I think, you know, that's probably the best way to do it is that you let the spirit speak to people in that meaningful way. But actually, there's this, there's this encouragement for us to start in that same place, when we have time with people, as you were saying, to say, so tell me about what's going on in your life right now. This isn't about mm. me, you know, articulating to you what you should be feeling or what you should be experiencing or how you should understand it. You know, what are you discussing so intently as you're walking along your life? Yeah. Like just, and, just listening, right. It's just, yeah. And, and then, and then from there we share the space with them. Like, again, that beautiful thing where, where Jesus gives them the whole breakdown that fits into the conversation that they've been having. Yeah. Like he doesn't superimpose himself into it because he just thinks, Oh, I'm so important. I've resurrected. You know, this is what you should be talking about. Mm -hmm. This is the, what they're talking about. So he articulates a sense of, of the power and presence of God to them in the midst of their tradition, in the midst of their experiences, in the midst of the promises that God still has for them. Yeah. And then they invite him to share that space. And when yeah. people invite you to share that space, again, it's not an invitation for you to, for you to, you know, um, try to give meaning to what they've said, but is to share that space with them and, and to be there with them, you know, yeah. in the breaking of bread and the sharing of fellowship to be, you know, humans on a, on a, on a, on a, on a dynamic or on a, on a field that's not based on power dynamics of minister and, and laity or someone with the answers and not like where you just actually stop long enough to actually be humans together and then find and ask and pray into that space, you know, that God would, you know, open all of our eyes and give us that sense of, you know, that fire that burns within us as, as God reveals God's self to us in those mm -hmm. moments. 
Yeah, like even with that answer, he walked with them through the answer, right? Like it wasn't just a yeah. one one sentence kind of thing. It was a this, 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 this leads through it. And that's kind of a, I mean, if, if we're going to do the three-point sermon, like the metaphor is walking through yeah. the different steps of whatever it looks like to answer that question or to bring help. And then, yeah, breaking bread a meal together, like seeing them as, as equals, right? Or sharing of the resources or, yeah. like you said, being human with one another. Mm-hmm. I like that. That would have been really good to have when I preached the sermon. That would have been a good way to close it. Jeepers. You'll have, you'll have time again, Derek. You'll have time again. Yeah. My, my, next, my next sermon, I'm going to be like, I'm going to hit this again. <laughs> and this one's going to be better. Move over past Derek. Yeah. <laughs> I have shed my skin of... Mm-hmm. Like a snake of, of the old ways. Yeah. Amazing. I have been baptized in the wisdom of Tim Miller and I am oh, born gosh. anew. No. No. <laughs> the crazy thing no. is I, you know, I I no, I because I, I don't think I don't think a lot of these things until I'm in conversation with people. That's a good yeah. Like I usually if I'm preaching on Sunday, I'll wait till like I'll have kind of an idea and I'll wait to talk to you. Hmm. Um uh, about it and then from there then i write my my sermon yeah. afterwards yeah well it's so I, like I, as i said to you you know on our on our palm sunday episode you know it, it's like you know i needed what i could and 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 that 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 did our conversation that day did definitely shape my sermon and, and kind of yeah. you know how we were you know coming at it again like, which is where this podcast came from right like that's <laughs> what we originally did was just get together and chit chat about different sermons and ideas to do yeah in church and then we want you all to experience it and comment and be a part of our journey i mean i I think you know if 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 for nothing if for no other reason you know just that affirmation too that actually one of the things we've learned through the pandemic is that you know our fellowship And what we share and that that ability for the scriptures to be open as we allow god to speak to us you know isn't isn't based on physical proximity but it's it is that you know that ability to be present to one another which is something that you know both you and i you know (laughs) we you know before the pandemic when we started to reconnect how many years has it been since we'd actually kind of spent you know intentionally spent any time together you know it's yeah you you were one of my friends like I'm really bad at connecting or staying connected to people and stuff. Like you're, you're one of the people that like we went to Bible school together and good friends. And then we'd go a year and then all of a sudden it'd be like a couple messages on Facebook. Yeah. And then it'd be another year and a half and be like, Hey, how are you doing? Happy yeah. birthday. <laughs> be like kind of thing, right? Oh man. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's how it goes. Anyway. Uh, I think that's a good place to end. Well, timer's just gone, so yeah. you've got this like inner clock, Derek. Almost I, every time you're like, I think that's a good place to end. And my my watch is literally just buzzed. So, you know, it's a gift. It's a spiritual did, gift. Did not that alarm burn inside of me, and I knew <laughs> that it was the time to go. My inner my inner alarm. Uh, well, blessings, yeah, well, everyone. Hope you guys yeah, yeah. all have a great day, or yeah. great evening, or whatever time you're watching this. 
Uh, let us know Easter if you have something all. you want us to comment on or talk about. Yeah. Sorry, Tim. No, I was just saying happy Easter tide to everybody. But oh, yes, happy Easter yours, tide. yours as well. You know. Yeah. Wait, I, I, yeah, I think we'll spend a bit of time. I think you know it's probably 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 worthwhile spending a bit of time in Acts and and looking at those kind of you know resurrection revelations and mm-hmm. um, asking ourselves some of those questions. I, I've got it now. Now that we've you know now that we've actually talked through Emmaus I'm like oh I actually do want to talk about more things to do with yeah (laughs) yeah we'll have to figure out what I'm what we're going to do while I'm gone but for the next couple weeks we are some stuff in acts I guess (laughs) all right well see you all later blessings doodles oh uh okay I'm going to leave the meeting I gotta get to work all right peace love you man love you too bye